0: Oh, yeah. Welcome to Celebrity Spotlight Radio, and this is your host, Antonio Sayan. Welcome. So it's been a while. I haven't done a show, Um, and the reason is because I've been juggling many things. So I've been traveling, uh, doing lectures um, in different universities uh, because um, I'm into the environment. Um, I just don't speak about being sustainable in film and television. I, I, I'm trying to save the world, <laughs> if, if, if you think about it. I mean, how many people are trying to do that? But I really believe in, in climate change, but I also believe in many uh, other aspects, which I, I could get into later on. But in this episode, what I want to uh, focus on is um, basically um, a lot of people, they always email me or text message me through Facebook or Instagram and so on. And they asked me this question how I, I, they trying to figure out how do I go from you know being an engineer to the film industry and television and um, you know and the steps because a lot of them uh, are curious you know because they, let's face it a lot of people that go to college they graduate and then uh, they never end up in um, you know uh, working in What they studied, (laughs) you know, so but I did, I was an engineer for many years, you know. So I want to focus on uh, because everybody gets a mentor, you know, I think, and nowadays, um, so I think it's important that people understand what I did was kind of yes, I did get many mentors that helped me in my career, but I also turned around and was able to help them, you know, so how do you do that, right, or do you want to do that, I mean, a lot of people just think of themselves, they're selfish, but I'm not like that, Um, I like helping people, and so on, and so what, in the film industry, um, like, if you have a mentor, like a director, or or a producer, who's really famous, you know, you probably say to yourself, well, they don't need any help, you know, I need the help, right? But um, I kind of disagree on that. You have to, like, have a heart, I guess. So this episode focuses on the value of the mentor-mentee relationship. Like, the mentee gives back. So that's what this is all about. And I want, hopefully, by listening to me, everyone could get a grasp on what I mean because I think this is a great opportunity to let people know how I got to point point A to point B to point C and and so on. Years ago, I wrote um, an article and I submitted it to um, Script Magazine. And believe it or not, it got picked up. And The article was called Thinking Smart, and I actually taught this class to, and I targeted it to actors, and um, I don't want to really get into this article, but if you really want it uh, to read it, I'm going to leave it in the description below of my email address, so I'll just send it to you. Um, It'll take you about five minutes to read it. It's very interesting, Uh, but what I will tell you is um, I gave you a couple of steps because what do you do when you meet, let's say, in a restaurant by chance, by by chance, um, a a big director in Hollywood, and he's sitting next to you, what do you say to him? Because I'll be honest with you, um, those 30 seconds of that conversation that you have with that person will determine whether he shuts you down or you continue. Your mission is to get his business card. <laughs> Period. You know, and I told the story about how I met an individual, which i get really into it, and... Um, what I did was instead of gaining his friendship first, I gained trust. And once I gained the trust, the friendship came. And then once that happened, it was it, it, it was a no-brainer. It, it was like, you know, he, he, he started trusting me, helping me, and so on. But until then, it becomes, you have to really think smart. That's why I called my class, Thinking Smart. And actually, I got a lot of, you know, great feedback on my classes. People would email me and tell me, oh man, uh, you know, I got this role. Uh, I met this guy, this producer. And because of you, um, I was able to walk in the door and audition for for these people. Uh, Also... Um a lot of them landed great acting coaches because of it, which that's very important because the next step is, you know, you learn, that you have a great acting coach and then before you know it you have confidence and you walk in, bam, you defeat victory, you know, on the audition and, and you book it. And and I got a lot of people that that uh thanked me and so on. Um, But getting back to this article, Thinking Smart, you know, I it it was great because Script Magazine is known uh, to be one of the top uh, script magazines. around, So my audience was huge. And I was I was happy that I was able to help people. But you you have to follow it as best as you can. Uh, The tools that I set in and and hear the stories. Because what happened to me, um, when I was an engineer, at that time, I was an energy engineer. So I was an energy consultant in New Jersey. Um, I used to work for Con Ed in New York for many years. And then I landed a great job in New Jersey. So this whole sustainable stuff, um, I know it like the back of my hand. It's like part of me, you know, because we didn't um, look at it as sustainability, We looked at it as energy conservation, period. You know, we were here to save energy. Now the whole concept is let's save our planet. (laughs) And that word sustainability means a lot of things, um, which I'll get into uh, in another podcast because I have a few of them going on. Uh, One of them is Rocket Green Radio, and the other one is uh, Just Say Hola, which uh, um, you could – Google it, and you'll find out what that is. Anyway, but getting back what I was talking about, um, I used to go to this restaurant in New York because I used to go to New York City and visit my parents all the time. And um, I met up with a gentleman. I actually met him. He's a musical director on Broadway. I'll give you his name, Michael Raptor. Um, He did the music for uh, for theater, um, for uh, um, many Broadway shows, Gypsy, Uh, Sound of Music, and so on, and so on, and so on. And we clicked. So every Friday, we would meet up, and also Saturday, and um, we would just talk about different things. And at that time, I was already doing the acting. Um, I was going, I had an acting coach. I was was studying acting. Um, I remember um, I had, like, that fever of it. And I used to go to Barnes & Noble, and I read every book there is about film, television, the history. I even read books on screenwriting and filmmakers, the past and the present at that time, you know. And so here I am speaking to Michael Rafter, and I think it was about maybe six months. And then he invited me to a dress rehearsal. And that's where it blew my mind. I, I was like, my eyes were like opened and I couldn't believe that all these people that were sitting here created that masterpiece. Because a dress rehearsal is the people that were behind the production of the musical were sitting in the audience. So here I am with big people from Hollywood and so on. I didn't even know who they were. And casting directors and so on and, and production people and set designers and, and e- everyone was there. And here I am sitting with Michael Rafter and his wife uh, at that time, who was also a huge person, who actually did the music for um, um, a lot of the Broadway shows and, uh, a lot of Disney films like Mulan one, uh, little mermaid one, two, and, 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 so on. I could go on and Shrek the musical. <laughs> so, um, it, it, I think people were coming up to me and who asked me who I, who I was. So I would politely tell them who I was. And I, I, I think they felt that they didn't feel threatened by me because of the fact that I would say that I'm an engineer. I didn't say that I was a producer, um, an actor, none of that stuff at that time. So they they opened up to me. And they were all curious about the whole um, energy conservation and what I was doing. Um, So that opened up a door. And then one day over uh, dinner, I had asked Michael – um, if you knew anybody that, uh, casting director or somebody that could help me. And, uh, he gave me a name, um, from all my children. He was a casting director at the time. I don't want to give his name out. Um, and, but all I'm going to tell you is that I actually at the time faxed him a letter and about 10 minutes, he calls me on the phone and a couple days later, I was in front of him, reading, <laughs> which which is funny, and uh, he told me the truth. He said that I was green, and I laughed. I go, green? Um, I didn't understand what that was. Um, to me, green is uh, saving the environment, you know, green going green. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it means um, my performance wasn't that great. So he... What he did was he referred me to a, uh, an acting coach, a very good one. And I had to audition in front of her. So when I auditioned from her, her name is Sandy Sharon So I got in front of her, and she loved me. And she accepted me uh, uh, in her class, and um, she worked me hard. I tell you, it, it was it was tough. You had to be prepared. You had to have three monologues ready at all times she would have you um do these different scenes um improv it was great it was fantastic and then what i didn't know is uh the person uh, the casting director would constantly once in a while call to see how i was doing call the acting coach and before you know it she said that i was doing great and then i was ready Next thing you know, I'm in front of him again reading. And then I, I started landing uh, under fives. Under fives are five lines and, and, and under. And that's how it started, too. But you see, before that, he was using me um, for uh, background stuff. But I was doing – I was on, you know, front of the camera a lot. I, I saw – I would meet up and speak to the directors – Everyone that was on a set, the lighting person, the grip guy, the sound guy, uh, so on. The stunt coordinator, uh, we became friends and so on. And, uh, And then when I got the under fives and stuff like that, they all congratulated me. Everybody was nice. So I was learning from them. And it was very interesting because I think my interest was in acting. It was producing. And I think it's because, let's face it, as an engineer, you create something from nothing. In the film industry, whether you're a writer, the lighting guy, the sound guy, script writer, so, you know, um, the director, you create something from nothing. Together, you work as a team. And that that team concept is what I fell in love with and the creative part of it. So I was happy. So then I met Daniela Jr. one time, who was a stunt coordinator at the time for, he was doing a big scene for All My Children, and he took a liking to me. And um, he's Daniela's son. And he passed away years ago, which I got heartbroken because he helped me a lot. He connected me with a lot of people and in the industry, and he died of uh, pancreatic cancer, which I support now completely. Anyway, so all this networking, all these people helping me. I I met a, a gentleman, a business consultant friend of mine at the time, but I met him In a restaurant, which is funny. But he connected me to all these network groups I would meet. But he told me, nothing happens by accident. And it's true. Getting back to the mentor stuff. Michael Rafter wasn't my mentor. He was a friend that helped me and guided me. um, Because he had passion and he's such a nice guy. I live on 57th Street between 8th and 9th. I'm not going to give you the address, of course, but at that time, um, it's like two towers. One is on 57th Street, and the other one's on 58th Street. And I would go through, I would walk through this long hallway, and this older gentleman would pass by me all the time in the morning, and he would say hello, and I would say hello. We didn't know each other. We did this for about a year. And then my doorman said to me, he said, Antonio, don't you know who that gentleman was? You're in the entertainment business, right? I mean, you don't know who he is? I go, no, I, I don't. I, I know. Who is he? he so that's Ted Kotcheff. And then the name rang a bell because, remember, Barnes & Noble. I read up. On the history of film, television, uh, older directors, the upcoming directors, the present directors, and so on. Writers, I, I, the history of, of, of filmmaking. And Ted Kotcheff's name rang a bell. And just so you know, I knew who he was. I just never knew what he looked like. So I goes, wow, that's the director of First Blood. And my favorite film, North Dallas Forty. And um, he goes, Dave's my doormat. So he goes, yeah, but he's the executive producer of Law and Order Special Victims Unit, which is a popular uh, drama uh, television show um, that's, like, still going on. (laughs) And uh, Ted's right now Retired from that show. He left, uh, I believe, at the end of season 13. Um, And Chris Maloney, the actor, left the end of season 12. Anyway, getting back to my story. I took my business card, I wrote in the back, and I said, Ted, you are my mentor. I would love to meet with you either lunch, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. God bless. Antonio... And then I gave it to Dave, Dave gave it to uh, Ted, Ted Kotcheff. And then before you know it, two days later, his assistant calls me, puts Ted on the phone. We spoke for about a minute. And then we met for breakfast around that area. on 57th street. And then for something that's supposed to last for maybe like 30 minutes, we were talking for about three hours. And the whole time that we spoke was about Sylvester Stallone in his film, you know, in Ted Kotcheff's film, first blood. And I think we bonded because he asked me why, I liked Stallone so much. And I said, well, I love his acting. But it was more about the fact that I read so much about him and his personality. And I said, I think it's because he understands what the audience wants. And Ted turned around and he says, Antonio, you are absolutely correct. He told me a couple of stories, which I won't get into right now, about how Sylvester Stallone helped in some of the scenes that were changed in First Blood that made it very successful. And that's because he knew the audience. And I think that's what intrigued Ted. So from there, Ted did me a big favor. He invited me on the set of Special Victims Unit because I, I said I wanted to learn how, you know, t- I knew how film does does things. But I wanted to know, you know, how television does a show. And since Special Victims Unit is like one of the top shows on television, it was great learning process. So I learned from the person that I'm supposed to learn <laughs> about especially television so uh he showed me everything and everyone was so nice on the set the actors were nice all the different directors that i met were nice the producers were nice the assistants the pas everyone was nice and it wasn't just because i was uh a friend of Ted Koch's is because I think I bonded with everyone. I, I remember I'm an engineer, so I, I'm able to grasp things, the whole concept of being creative easier, I think. So it, it, it helped me a lot. So anyway, so season after season goes on. And um, now I know how television works. So I I was happy. Because I could go really work for television if I wanted to and be a producer. But my main focus was film. That's what I wanted to do. And believe it or not, I asked Ted so many questions about film. And then Ted... You know, we met for a lot of lunch, dinners, you know, off the set. And he taught me a lot of things. He taught me one particular film that he did, an Australian film, Wake in Fright. An Australian film. And this film has history. You could Google it. Wake in Fright. And you're going to see a whole bunch of stories about it. It's a film that disappeared for 40 years, but 40 years ago, it played in the Cannes Film Festival. And it's the only film – well, actually, there were two films that played twice in the Cannes Film Festival. That was the second film, Wake and Fright. I forget what the first one is. I believe it was an Italian film, but I, I don't recall. You probably Google it and find out, but I don't have that information in my head. <laughs> you know. And, um, but it was very interesting. So the film was found and um, in a warehouse in Pittsburgh. And if they waited a week later, it was going to get incinerated. There was a note on it for destruction. So that means that film would have been gone. So they found it and somebody decided to, you know, enhance it redigitalized, and and the film was pretty damaged. So they spent a whole lot of money restoring this copy of film. And it was so beautiful. The color was amazing. Enhanced. Beautiful uh, copy of, of, of Wake and Fright. So anyway, um, when Ted turned eight, when Ted was about to turn eighty, I wanted to do something special and for him. So he talked so much about this film, *Wake and Fright*, that I had a great idea. I said, "Let me screen this film as a birthday present to Ted. Right, a surprise party, and invite all his friends from Special Victims Unit, his buddies from." Um, films that he worked in the past and get them all together in one place. So I found uh, a friend of mine who knew someone at um, the um, Museum of Modern Art, MoMA in New York City. So I contacted the head people there and I worked out a deal and a date. But then I went to Ted's wife, LeFan, and I told her about it. She thought it was a great idea, so she helped me tremendously. Because you know everybody knows LeFan, everybody knows her, so she was able to uh, get Ted's assistant at the time um, on Special Victims Unit to help us because Ted couldn't find out. You know, it was a it it, it was a surprise. So anyway. To make a long story short, we screened it and um, we had to get a copy of the film. So we did successfully because you have to ask permission. You can't just show it in a theater, you know. Uh, So I, I invited a lot of friends of mine. And the one person that I invited was Tony Tapone. And he's a program director, one of the program directors at the Fantasia Film Festival in Canada. And I specifically targeted him because, one, I wanted to introduce him to Ted Karcher. And two, I want him to see this film, <laughs> Wake in Fright, because you never know. Maybe he'll get he'll, uh, he'll have passion, he'll love the film, um, and who knows what could happen to him. And he came with his wife and... Um, After the film was screened, we went to an Italian restaurant, Biches, at the time. And Tony goes to me, I love that film. I can't believe. I I just, I I love that film. I said, Antonio, can you somehow get me a copy of that film? I would like to try to present it to Fantasia Film Festival and see if we could screen it there. And I said to him, "Well, you know, I have to pitch it to Ted because, you know, Ted, um, he's hesitant and stuff like that, you know." And but what I did was, I met up with Ted Kaczynski in his office in uh, New York City, and Special Victims Unit, his office, and um, I pitched it to him. I explained to him all about Fantasia. I said, "Ted, it's in Canada. You're Canadian." You know, I mean, this is like fantastic. It's like nothing happens by accident. Right. So I said, I said to him, look, Fantasia is um, a whole bunch of filmmakers from all over the world go to this thing. Young filmmakers. And showing Wake in Fright is going to open, I believe, open their eyes for the first time. Experienced this film like I did, because I fell in love with it. It was the first time I saw it was at the screening. So um, I was like blown away. And I think people are going to feel the same way because Tony Tupone did. So I trust Tony. He has, he's been around for many, many years, and he knows the art of film. And I explained, he was a little hesitant, Ted. But then he turned around and he goes, "Okay," and I was like, "All right." So he gave me a copy, a DVD copy, <laughs> that was uh, actually a European format. So I gave it to um, to um, Tony Tapone, and this is how I explained the whole thing. Okay, um, let's say Ted's a quarterback. He handed the ball to me. Okay. He handed the football to me. And then Tony Tapone ran out for a pass. And I took the football and I threw it to him. And Tapone caught it and ran for a touchdown and success. Okay, success. And the football represents wake and fright. And I'll tell you. So they screamed at a wake and fright. Ted was invited. And they promoted it as the first Blood director who did a film, Wake and Fright, that was lost for 40 years and so on. It was all over the place. And everyone went to the theater because they wanted to meet the director who who directed First Blood, which is still popular today. (laughs) And let me tell you the story, you know, in a few minutes why I'm, I continue this, it, you know, because it doesn't stop. This was eight years ago, okay, That is screened at, in the Fantasia Film Festival. And then there was somebody sitting in an audience from Dress House Films that loved it so much, bought the film, and it showed everywhere. In the major cities, New York, L.A., um, Texas, I believe, went into DVDs. And uh, Netflix and so on. I mean, I saw it on Netflix. It was funny. And and you can still watch it. It's fantastic. So, eight, so here's the thing. Eight years later, um, last weekend, I believe it was last Saturday, I'm working out in the gym. Now, I, when I work out, I don't answer the phone for anyone. No one. I don't pick up because I'm training. That's my time. And all of a sudden, I know for a fact that Ted's in Fantasia again, because Tony Tapone called me uh, like three days prior and said, hey, you should come to Canada, uh, make a a road trip. But I was in the middle of a a major project, so I couldn't do it. Um, And he told me that, hey, Ted, uh, we're being reunited in Fantasia because uh, he's going to be presenting – the Apprenticeship of Dudley Kravis, uh, which Richard Dreyfuss was the actor at that time. And that's a, a Canadian film that's labeled a classic. Okay. Um, and then First Blood. But they've been restored, these films. So it's like, just like Waking Fright was restored, enhanced, digitalized. So, and he was receiving an award, a Canadian Trailblazer Award for his films in Canada that Ted Kachev, um did over the years. So he, here's a reunion because you got to understand, this success started eight years ago, and Ted is now getting an award again mind you he got the lifetime achievement award in canada and so on but his success it, it continues all because i tony came up, i invited tony he loved the film he, you know i was able to pitch it to ted and get it to fantasia and the rest is history and this is an example of a mentee helping a mentor. That's what, that's the lesson. And, and you don't, you don't know. I mean, think about it. Tony Tapone, maybe, maybe if he didn't like the film, it wouldn't have ever happened. Right. And all this success would have never happened. But it did. Because I truly believe in destiny. I also believe in what my friend Dr. Dan Schaefer said. Nothing happens by accident. So I think what I'm trying to say is that a lot of times that we have a lot of mentors and whatever job field that you do, it doesn't have to be the film industry. It could be, hey, you work, you're working for Apple and all of a sudden you have Tim Cook, let's say, as a mentor. How do you help this guy is what you need to think. Like really think, but you need to do A lot of research, though, because a lot of them do need help, you know, and I think if you make the connection, I think it's great. My thing is, last Saturday, like when I was telling you about the phone call, I don't pick it up, all of a sudden I see Ted Kotzer's name. Two hours prior that he got onto stage to receive the award, he called me to thank me, to thank me for everything that I did for him. That was me that made that film Wake and Fright and everything successful. And I said to him, um, I said to him, it was, uh, collaborations between not just me and Tony, but it was a lot of people, you know, and, um, also, your, your wife, because um, the whole, she helped me with the whole screening process, you know, and at the Museum of Modern Art. So it was a lot of us. It was just me, you know, and Tony was honestly the backbone of it all, because he was the one that presented it, uh, Wake and Fright in Fantasia years ago, eight years ago. Uh, He also invited you back, reunion, because you know what? Your films are excellent. Ted Koch's films are excellent. And I'm proud of him. And I was proud that he, because let's face it, I've helped a lot of people. And I could count how many times on my left hand that people have said thank you to me. And there's no article, I think there's one article written about how I helped Ted Kotchev. You know, I think there's just one article written. People haven't interviewed me um, about it. And it's okay because I know, Ted knows, Tony Topone knows, and that's all that matters. And now all you people know. And the reason why I did this podcast, this episode, is because I want people to know how important it is that it's not just the mentor helping the mentee out. You could do the reverse too. You know, very important that we, we pay it forward because Ted gave me information 60 years of experience, of filmmaking, of television. When the days where he started, television was just beginning, right? He had to leave Canada, and he went to London, and that's how his career started. So I find it amazing that he was there able to share all that information to me, the whole process, how he became who he is today. So, helping him is nothing compared to what he did for me. And I am happy that I was able to do so. Anyway, I'm glad that I shared this with all of you, and I hope that you also one day in whatever job, career that you do. And if you have a mentor and they help you, hey, pay it forward. You know, help them too. Help everyone. It doesn't matter if they're your mentor or not. That's what this is all about. This is what our world, we should should be helping. I think that's important. And that's the message that I'm... um, I'm letting everyone know today. So I'm your host, Antonio Sayant. You could catch me on Facebook, just go to Celebrity Spotlight Radio, on YouTube, Celebrity Spotlight Radio. You could Google it. I'm on every podcast platform that you could think of. But hit me up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and I would love to hear your thoughts. If you want the article for Thinking Smart that was published in Script Magazine, I'll leave my email address. Hit me up. I'll gladly send it to you. I think that article is very important, and I still do classes. So if you guys are interested, please let me know, and I'll let you know when the next class is. So this is your host, Antonio Sayant. Signing off, until next week, Celebrity Spotlight Radio. God bless, and talk to you soon.